0: Hello, I'm Andrew Tuck, and you're listening to Tall Stories on Monocle 24, brought to you by the team behind The Urbanist, the show all about the cities we live in. Can a rodent predict the weather? Well, according to Pennsylvania Dutch superstition, one particular rodent, the groundhog, may possess such predictive powers. And as attorney Phil, the most famous rodent weatherman, was inducted into the National Weather Hall of Fame this year, We thought it was time to take a closer look at the strange observations that surround his yearly forecast. Monocle's Chris Chermak takes a trip to Phil's home, Gobbler's Knob, to find out more.
1: The hosts on stage make no bones about the silliness of all of this. As one of them freely admits, the goal for the city of Punxsutawney is to milk this one moment for really about as long as you possibly can. So they turn what should be a five-minute moment, where a groundhog is woken up and his prediction of six more weeks of winter goes around the world, into literally a five-day event. I'm not kidding, there's banquets and lunches, the groundhog ball the talent shows, and bands and food at the Hospitality Village in town. And even on the day itself, thousands of people trek up to Gobbler's Knob for what's become a four-hour festival. And we're not talking during the day, either. Since Phil the Groundhog gets woken up at dawn, around 7.20am for his proclamation, we're talking a celebration that starts at 3am in the morning, in the freezing dead of winter, in the middle of rural Pennsylvania. There's a talent show. Now,
2: to present the check for $500 to this year's winner, please welcome Miss Pennsylvania, Alyssa Bainbridge!
1: <laughs> they toss a balloon football around.
2: Since we're like a week or so out from the Super Bowl, we thought we would have an official Groundhog Day Super Bowl prediction.
1: <laughs> there's fireworks. There's dancing. There's chanting.
2: Down, 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 down,
1: down, down, down. There's even a bit of fabulously exaggerated coaxing of Phil out of his burrow. Let's do that one more
2: time! Ground hey. the
1: And then there's the wait as they try to actually get Phil out of his burrow.
0: Here comes, here comes the little varmint
1: Phil, <laughs> in there. Come on, Phil. Bring it, buddy. Time to get up, dude oh, yes, And then when Phil finally does come out, considering his prediction, it's not even really a happy moment.
2: I see that everyone knows their part, and I am merely the sage. (laughs) But above all else, I see a shadow on my stage. And so, no matter how you measure, it's six more weeks of winter weather. Oh no! Bring your back out.
1: Thanks to my neighborly narrators in the crowd there. After that the celebration kind of turns into a wake and everyone shuffles out of Gobbler's knob pretty quickly, no doubt to get a warm cup of hot chocolate or coffee and reattach their frozen toes. I mean seriously, who does this? I live just a mile down the hill. So and we have friends in from Nevada. So they're down front of the VIP. Their dream. Yeah. They've all been all over the world. And they are acting like they have never been out of their backyards. They are so (laughs) so excited. (laughs) And it's so contagious. You know, you have your Bible, and you have
2: your flag, and then you have your film.
1: (laughs) (laughs) My name is Tom Uberti, and my uh, nickname in the uh, inner circle is the big windmaker. And I've been doing this oh, probably since around 2005, 2006. It's it's always a good time, and it's always a pleasure to meet so many people from not only around the country, but around the world. You know, our little uh, our little uh, corner of the world here, about 6,000 people. We uh, we gain worldwide recognition on this particular day, and we uh, we have a very good time with it. What is it about this event? Just to help me you from your perspective. It's the it. people, Chris you take a small town like this and you have people from all over the world that come to hear Phil's prognostication, that's, uh, that's second to none in my opinion.
2: So my perspective is uh, that of, of awe. I, I, I'm amazed every year as we host this great tradition, the people that continue to come from around the country, from around the world, like yourself, international, and we're just so appreciative. It's so great. It's a great day and everyone is always so happy. I always, I always notice that, even though it's five degrees outside. It's all smiles all day.
1: This last person is Dan Moonshine McGinley. He's the vice president of the Punxsutawney Groundhog Club that runs this whole shindig. We
2: had, I had four college kids walk onto the grounds at 2.50 AM. So yeah, they come that early, and they come at 3, and they keep trickling in, and trickling in at 4, and at 5, and all of a sudden you look up, the sun, here comes the sun, and there's thousands of people. It's amazing.
1: So there is your explanation from the people who love it most. But there is, of course, one other aspect to this. Punxsutawney Phil is really the world's most famous weatherman, which is why his town calls itself the weather capital of the world. And this year, Phil was inducted into the town's Hall of Fame for meteorologists, which sits at the Weather Discovery Center, a little museum, mostly for children, right here in Punxsutawney. Phil was our 19th and final inductee yesterday. This is Lisa Waksmanski, Executive Director of the Weather Discovery Center. Pugsacani Phil is a pillar of this community. He's a symbol of folklore, of history, of tradition. What does he mean to meteorologists? Well, he's been forecasting the weather since 1887. I mean, that's a very long time, and he does it with 100% accuracy. I can't think of any other meteorologist that can say that same claim with certainty." Now that's a claim everyone here will tell you, and while I hate to spoil the fun with statistics, I should say the Federal Weather Agency, NOAA, once calculated that Phil is actually right an underwhelming 40% of the time, which, if we're honest, is probably about on par with most meteorologists.
0: What, Blizzard?
1: It's a couple of flakes. Don't you listen to the weather. We got a major storm here. I make the weather. <laughs> All this moisture coming up out of the Gulf is gonna push us to the east, and it'll do it. How? You got that moisture on your head. I had to fit Bill Murray and the Groundhog Day movie into this somewhere, but more seriously, Groundhog Day is actually a pilgrimage of sorts for budding meteorologists.
0: I mean, we get a lot of people, you know, that come in and and they say. You know, we had to come to Groundhog Day, and we just love the weather, and you know, my son wants to be a meteorologist.
1: This is Amanda Barrent, Education Director of the Weather Discovery Center.
0: We get people from all over that are just excited about weather and meteorology and Phil, and you know, where better to have a weather museum than the weather capital of the world?
1: So all I can say is carry on, Punxsutawney. I'm not sure you'll get me to trek up that hill at dawn again. But keep doing your thing in inspiring the next generation of weathermen and women from around the world. As a groundhog is my witness, you certainly seem to have a fabulous time celebrating it. But standing here among the people of Punxsutawney, and basking in the warmth of their hearths and hearts, I couldn't imagine a better fate than a long and lustrous winter. From Punxsutawney, it's Phil Connors. So long. And for Monocle, from Punxsutawney, it's Chris Chermack. So long.
0: You've been listening to Tall Stories, a Monocle 24 production. You've been listening to Tall Stories. Joking. Just thought we'd get a repeat in ourselves there. Today's episode was written by Chris Chermak and produced by David Stevens. Remember to tune in on Thursday for the full 30-minute edition of The Urbanist. I'm Andrew Tuck. Goodbye. Thank you for listening, city lovers.